Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode we are going to be talking about the new film on Netflix called The Guilty. So The Guilty, in a nutshell, this is the spoiler review, so if you've seen it you already know, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. It's actually a remake of a Danish film, I think from 20, 2018. So Danish film originally. Here's the thing, I haven't seen that film and I usually watch films that are foreign films that have been made before but now remade by Hollywood I guess but I hadn't seen The Guilty from 2018 or whatever the title is in Danish not even going to try and pronounce it but I haven't seen that film and I kind of want to so I probably will seek it out at some point but usually when it comes to adaptations when it comes to American adaptations of a film that originated somewhere else like Japan, Korea, Denmark, any of these films like we're getting an American remake of Another Round at some point so that film's just come out a few months back won the Oscar for Best Foreign Feature and now we're getting an American remake already like <laughs> seems like they're doing them a bit to death just to cater for an American audience so with this film I was thinking like I actually kind of forgot <laughs> I will admit I'd heard about this film coming out from quite a while ago and I knew it was based on this Danish film originally. But then when it actually came to watching it, because it was just on a whim, I just saw it. Actually, I saw it on Netflix. Yeah, definitely saw it on Netflix. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. <laughs> saw it on Netflix, of course. Nothing illegal whatsoever. And I thought, actually, I really want to watch that because huge fan of the director, huge fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought, absolutely, this is right on my street. And I was watching it and I didn't realise until the credits rolled when it said based on blah 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 from Denmark and I was thinking oh god yeah now I remember so ultimately this is just a really long-winded way of me saying I'm not a huge fan of American remakes when it comes to foreign language films however this film is amazing this film is terrific this film is just really really sensational and it's funny because I wasn't sure at first because Antoine Fuqua who directs it he's a he's a good director okay I like him I think he's a very good director He's done things like Training Day, First Olympus Has Fallen film, he did Southpaw with Jake, he did The Equalizer. I love all these films, okay, these are all great films, relatively speaking. And so any other time, any other year, I'd be like, yes, I'm excited for his next film, I'm excited to see this movie. But just a few months back, or I don't even think it's been released here in the UK yet, but he also had a film out earlier in the year called Infinite with Mark Wahlberg and... That movie sucked, okay, that movie is bad, and I was thinking, this, this doesn't feel like it should be an Antoine Fuqua film, like, it just doesn't feel right. So, with that in mind, I was left thinking, okay, two films in one year for a director, I realised that's happened with at least four directors this year, you've got Doug Lyman with Chaos Walking and Locked Down earlier in the year, you've got Ridley Scott coming up in the next couple of months, he's got two movies coming out, Chloe Zhao... She had Nomadland. She's got Eternals coming out in November. So now this is the fourth director, as far as I'm aware, there's probably more, but the fourth major director that's had two films out in the space of one year. Now, I know you've got to bear in mind, films have been delayed, like Chaos Walking, <laughs> crying out loud. It's been delayed for, like, years. It was meant to come out in 2018 or something. It was awful. just kept getting pushed back. So, yeah. Films have been delayed, now they've just got to shove them out there, just get them out, released, whatever. So, with this in mind, The Guilty, second Antoine Fuqua film of the year, thoroughly, thoroughly incredible. It's an absolute, I'm going to say it's a masterpiece. Like, to me, this is why I think it's a masterpiece. 
I finished watching it. It's only an hour and 20 minutes, give or take. And the first thought I had after watching it was, I really want to watch it again. And that's exactly what I did. I just restarted it. I gave it about 10 minutes because I was debating whether to, well, sleep or talk about it or watch something else. And then I just thought, you know what? I cannot get it out of my mind. I'm watching it again. And I went straight back for it second time around. That doesn't happen a lot regularly now. Here's the thing. I used to do this. Like I said in the Shang-Chi review, I did this all the time. I'd be down at the cinema again and again and again watching the same film just on loop like it's Groundhog Day. But now I don't really do that. Now it takes me a couple of days at least to rewatch something. There's a few times I'll watch it again quite soon after. But that being said, it's really not as frequent as it used to be. Especially watching things at home. Like that's the big kicker here. When I'm watching things at home, I rarely, rarely ever watch something again straight after it. But with this film, I did. You know, maybe it's because it's a short film, but God, I'm going to praise it so much. Okay, I'm going to praise it so much. I want it to get Oscar nominated. Jake Gyllenhaal, let's just go straight into Jake. I I don't want to say it's his best role because every single film he's in, like literally every single performance he gives could be his best role. It just could be the best thing he's ever done. And this film is no exception. This film is far from an exception. It's just ridiculously staggering how good of an actor he is. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. He's the best actor currently working. Like, that is just a fact I'm willing to debate about for centuries. Well, I'm not going to talk about it for centuries. Shut up, Kieran. I'm going to talk about it for a very long time. For the rest of my life, probably. Because, you know, you got the whole best actor debate. You've got Tom Hanks. You've got Denzel Washington. Timothy Caramel Chamolet, whatever his name is. All these actors that people rave about. For me, okay, for me, even though Ryan Gosling is, you know, the god tier of acting for me, Jake Gyllenhaal, he is the best. There's no escaping the fact that when you look at any single Jake Gyllenhaal performance or film, it's just staggering. It's absolutely incredible and breathtaking how good of an actor he is. And he should have been nominated and he should have won so many more Oscars. You know, Nightcrawler, did he? I think he got nominated for Nightcrawler. Or was that one of the biggest snobs? It was either he got nominated but he didn't win, or he didn't even get nominated for Nightcrawler. But that's one of the best performances ever. So I just don't understand why... I know a lot of people do praise Jake Gyllenhaal, but why aren't we giving him these awards? Why aren't we cementing into cinema history that this guy is the greatest actor currently working? Because he just is. Okay, he just is. And... There's no debate, okay, there is no contest, it's no competition. I'm sorry, but just watch this film, watch any film, Southpaw, he's amazing in, even Spider-Man. I watched Spider-Man Far From Home just a few hours before this film, and he's great in that as well. He's so good how he manages to play kind of a bad performance for half the film, only to then when it gets all twisty and finds out Mysterio's the bad guy, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home, but... You should have. I just think that's amazing how he's able to dual handle this role. The same with any other film he does. He's so versatile. He's so incredible. He commands the screen so well. And this film, this, it really could be his best yet. I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to say that because I do prefer him in likes of Prisoners, Southpaw even, Donnie Darko as well. He's such a great actor in every single thing. And honestly, a little thing I love is how most of his films all fall quite chronologically because I can, I'm not at home right now, but I can remember every single time I look at my DVDs on the shelf, 
I see so many Jake Gyllenhaal films right next to each other. So you've got like Source Code next to Southpaw, then Spider-Man's just a little bit down from that. Prisoners and Prince of Persia, they're all right next to each other. He does these films that just sound so similar. Stronger as well, you've got another S title there. He's doing so many of these films that you could just put right next to each other on a shelf full of films, if people even do that, which I'm aware it's a dying breed, which pains me. Nobody buys films anymore. Nobody buys Blu-rays, DVDs, 4Ks, whatever you want to call it. Physical media is dying. But let me tell you, I'm never going to stop doing it. I'm never going to stop filling up my shelves full of random rubbish, even though I don't get time to watch all the films anyway. But I'm never going to stop doing it because one day the internet may crash. Netflix is gone. Prime gone. Disney Plus gone. So I don't need Disney Plus because I've got all the Disney films on the shelf because they're all great. You know, I love watching these. I love getting them and just, I don't know. Physical media is better than streaming. Sue me. You know, I do stream just as much as I watch physical media, but I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the film. The Guilty. Jay Gyllenhaal. I'm guilty of loving his performance too much. That's the truth. He's just so good. He plays a 911 operator. So when you call 911, when you call the police, if you're not in America, 911, whatever, you get put through to the operator. You get put through to Jake Gyllenhaal. He's one of a number of operators currently working the night shift in Los Angeles. And there's a massive fire warning. There's a forest on fire or something like that. That doesn't really matter. I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't matter. That sets up the whole atmosphere, the whole situation in LA right now. During the film, that is. Not right now, right now. During the film. But that being said, there's no major elements during the film that relates to the fire itself, except for really clever little tie-ins. So when somebody's... Well, let's cut right to it. The main gist of it is, a woman phones up 10 minutes into the film. It's actually 11 minutes, but I'm just going to say 10 minutes. 10 minutes into the film, a woman calls up and she's being kidnapped. She's being abducted. And so to get the information out of her, she's got to play along with what Jake Gyllenhaal's trying to get her to do. So... You know, obviously, if you're being abducted, you can't physically say, I'm being abducted. This is where I'm going. I'm in this car, blah, blah, blah. She's pretending to comfort her child. She's pretending to speak to her daughter. And Jake Gyllenhaal's giving her this information and saying, when I say a certain thing, if it's right, just say yes or just say, it's fine. You know, it's fine, sweetie. So what color car are you in? Red, blue, yellow, white. Yes, it's fine. So that's when he knows it's a white van. <coughs> Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, it's just a van. It's ironic I was talking about... Oh, my God. It's ironic I was just talking about a van. And a, Sophie. Then a van turned up. He's going back, Sophie, see? He's halfway up the road. See? Good girl. All right, let's get back to this. So, white van. White van man. That's essentially the bad guy. Well, he's not a bad guy. <laughs> ha! <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, The big twist. Jesus Christ. I did not see the twist coming. I honestly did not see it coming. I realise this is so jumbled up, this is so distorted, but yeah, I'm just going to ramble. I'm just going to literally speak my mind. This film is just hooked to my brain right now. I cannot get it out. I just can't shake the fact of what I've seen and how much I love it and how much I think it's fantastic. It's similar to Locke. Now, if you've seen Locke, the Tom Hardy film, which is just him, it's just him driving in his car and he speaks to people on the phone. That's pretty much this. You know, there's only a few other operators in there, a few people that Jake interacts with. But then all it is, is just the Jake Gyllenhaal show. It's literally just him for 90 minutes or 80 minutes, whatever you want to call it. Just him as an operator talking to these people on the phone, trying to get things sorted out, trying to save her, trying to fix the situation. It's crazy. Okay, It's so tense. It's so, so tense. 
This ain't a Netflix and chill film. This is a Netflix and be on the edge of your goddamn seat film and just be hooked with. Because you'd think, with a film like this, you just really have to listen to it. You don't massively have to look because all you're seeing through the visuals are him at a desk and occasionally some nice little crossfades to just very brief shots of a police car pulling up to a house or a van or whatever. The way that does that is really clever, okay? The camera design, the directing is just flawless. It's so stunning. There isn't a single bad shot in this film. Genuinely, as I watched it for a second time, I'm struggling to note a single shot and a single frame that doesn't just look amazing or that isn't edited well because everything is just fantastically done. It's incredibly well done. And regardless of whether you like Antoine Fuqua's films before this, whether you like Olympus Has Fallen, which not many people do, whether you like The Equalizer, Training Day, all these films, doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter because you're going to love this. I can guarantee people are going to really enjoy this film. It's an extremely tense thriller. One of the best I've seen in a very long time. Probably years. I mean, probably the best thriller since Prisoners, I guess. But I know there's been a ton of great thrillers since then. And I'm a huge thriller fan. It's probably my favourite genre. But that being said, just Jake Gyllenhaal in any thriller. Sign me up. Okay, sign me up. This is no exception. This is just special. So... Yeah, the crossfading it does occasionally when he's talking to an operator and they're saying we're just pulling up to this van now and it just fades in ever so slightly a shot of the police car turning up and, you know, dealing with the flames as well because this is the thing. It's set in a time when most of LA is on fire. There's riots and the forest is on fire and that can affect vision. That can affect what you're seeing, what you're trying to make out. So they're trying to look for a white van but because it's all smoky, because it's all fire everywhere, you can't tell. You can't tell what colour it is. So they're saying, we think it's a white van, but it could be silver, we don't know. And then that proves critical, because it's not the right van that she was in. It's not the right van that the woman held hostage was in, so they didn't get to her. And it's so tense, because you don't know this until afterwards, and all you're seeing and all you're hearing is Jake on the phone. Okay, this is the thing. If any other film would have done this, it would have just cut from Jake to an actual shot and an actual scene of the car turning up because you just see it cross-faded in for just a couple of seconds and it focuses straight back onto Jake and how he's dealing with it from his desk, you're not understanding what actually is going on. You're just hearing it. You're hearing it on the other side of a phone call. That's what's scary. That is what is scary about this film. It's not horror. It just deals with horrific elements and it deals with a really scary notion of the unknown and how you're just on the other end of a phone call. I've been in situations like that when you can't physically help a situation, you can't be in that situation, you don't know what's going on, you can just hear it happening, you can just hear it play out, and not having control over that, not having a major insight into it as well, it's terrifying, okay, terrifying, and this film does that on multiple occasions, when, skipping right to the end, but as the woman, actually I should talk about the twist, before I talk about that bit, I'll talk about the twist, turns out the woman is kind of the kind of the bad person in this situation, I mean, bad person, loosely, she, she attacked her son, which is wrong, it's a little, her little baby son, she cut him with the knife, because she thought he was suffering from snakes in his stomach, and she thought she could help him by cutting him open, and it's horrible, it's dreadful to think about, but the whole film you're being told, and you're being weaved this information, that the man, the man driving this van at the time, has kidnapped her, has hurt her son as well, and threatened her daughter, and he turns out to be her ex-husband, or ex-partner, whatever, 
he's, I don't think he's the father, is he the father of the children? Possibly, either way, he's like a father figure, or he's a husband figure, I should say, and so, turns out he's trying to take her to a mental institution, to a psychiatric hospital, and she's not thinking straight about everything, so she has hurt her son, and she's running risks to hurting herself, hurting her daughter, even hurting her husband as well, or her ex, I should say. Anyway, the point is, he's taking her to this place, but we think he's kidnapping her, and Jake is screaming at him down the phone, and he's threatening him multiple times, which is just so, it's so tense to see, because Jake delivers such a powerhouse performance, when he's shouting, when he's screaming, when he's crying, he goes through all the motions in this film, he goes through so many different feelings, and situations there are times when he's being witty and he's being funny then there are other times when he's being extremely sentimental and emotional and you can see him just well up and you can see his performance through his eyes through his voice his voice cracking okay his voice cracking during monologues during this film insane okay they are so powerful and it really just cements the fact that he needs to be nominated for something for this film like i was saying in many other reviews before this the nighthouse and respect I can't remember a performance in recent months, in recent weeks, that have been, you know, Oscar-worthy, that have been worthy of this huge immense and praise. This is one of them. This is the best performance I've seen all year. Okay, hands down, this is the best. And Jake, Jakey boy, he needs it. He needs a nomination. He needs a goddamn win. He hasn't won one yet. Why hasn't he won an Oscar? Why? Is he going to be this type of actor that goes through his whole life never winning? Because that would be just infuriating. He's the best actor in Hollywood right now. He needs to win something to recognise this. Because it's all very well people saying. Oh yeah he's great. I love him in that. I love him in that. And it's all very well the Academy praising him. And you know people casting him in these films. Because he's fantastic. They know he's great. But you know give him the proper respect that he deserves. By giving him an award. Just let him stand up there. Thank everybody. Just give him it. Give him everything. Give him it for this film. Because if he doesn't win for this film, if he doesn't get nominated for this film, I'm going to riot, I'm going to rage, and I'm going to be extremely, extremely unhappy. I may even stop reviewing films if he doesn't get nominated. Because I'm certain of the fact, you're very unlikely to see a better performance than what Jake delivers in this film. It's not just him though, it's really not just him, well it is, but it's not solely him that carries this film so well. Every other character in the film is fantastic, even though you don't see half of them. You're just hearing them. You're hearing them on the phone. And it's one of these films where you can kind of recognise voices and accents, but you're struggling to understand who it actually is until the credits roll. Then you realise, you're like, oh, it's him. Oh, it's her. Oh, my God. Can't believe it was them. That's part of the reason why I wanted to watch it again. Because during the credits, I was seeing these actors' names pop up and I was thinking, is it really them? And it is. And you're watching it again. And you can see it. You can, well, you can hear it, I should say. You can't see it because they're not in it. You just hear them on a phone call. One of the other main performances in it that's just stunning is Riley Keough. Keough? Keough? I don't know. Riley Keough, I'm going to say. She's been in Mad Max Fury Road, The Lodge, Zola just a couple of months back, Logan Lucky. She's so good in every single thing she's in. And, you know, people may not recognise her name. People may not know many films that she's been in. But you cannot deny, similar to Jake, okay, this is the thing. When you've got two leads, well, I say leads, but supporting lead and lead of Jake, when you've got two in a film like this, they just control everything perfectly well because you could just sit and watch or listen for hours because you've got such powerhouse performers that bring so much amazing talent to every single thing they do. It's incredible. And Riley Keough 
in this film. I didn't recognise her at first, and then afterwards I'm like, oh god, yeah, of course. She's so good in everything, okay, great in everything. She's amazing in this. I don't know if an actor can be nominated for a performing award if you don't actually see them. Like, if they're just on the phone, can they still be nominated? Because if they can, I see no reason why she shouldn't be nominated. Because she goes from playing a really scared mother and kidnappy. Kidnappy? Is that the word? Abductee. Abductee. I don't know. Could be just making up words now. So she goes from playing a really scared and worried abductee. (laughs) And then she just turns. And then she becomes this other character that turns out to be the person that's kind of a mastermind. I don't want to say mastermind, but yeah, she just turns. Okay, she turns from this innocent abductee into, yeah, the the mastermind, essentially. And to control that so well and to graft a performance around this situation and around this character development, it's crazy. Only she could have done it. Really, only she could do it. And I, yeah, I really can't think of many other actors working today that could pull this off as well as she did. So I really, I'd be surprised, but I would love if she did get nominated. I think she rightfully deserves to, but I, I highly doubt it, but I just hope Jake does. Okay, Jake needs in. The way he was communicating with her, the way he was tearing up, everything, just, he, he's amazing. He's so good, and this film is so good, and yeah, it's a really sharp twist that it takes when you find out she's done this. She hasn't been, you know, abducted. She's being taken back to a mental psychiatric ward because she poses a threat and a danger to herself and the livelihoods of others, especially her children. So you're left thinking, this is crazy. Like you don't, the art of deception here, you don't realize who you can trust. You don't realize people can start out seeming this way. And then it just turns and it's something else entirely. It's like a form of manipulation as well. When you're not expecting this, when you're listening to these calls that are taking place, and the whole film, the first no, 40 minutes of the film, 50 minutes even, because she phones at 10 minutes, and then at the hour mark, that's when it's revealed she's the, I say mastermind, but loose terms, she's the uh, perpetrator. Perpetrator, that's the, that's the freaking word. Perpetrator. I should mention, this part of the review has been recorded a couple of days after the first part. I've now seen it about seven times. I've seen it a lot. I just can't get enough of this film. It's so good. It's so it's so short. That's why I love it. That's why I can't get enough of it. Because you're in and out within about 75 minutes. Like, that's literally all it is. It's crazy. It says it's an hour and a half. But by the time he gets off the phone, there's about five minutes after that. And then it's credits for seven minutes. So, yeah, it's a really short film. I've seen it so many times. I cannot get enough of it. It's amazing. So, you really feel manipulated by what she's doing and how she's acting and it works so well with the fact that you can't see her you, you never see her once you don't know what this character looks like this is why i struggle to recognize the voice without seeing who they are in hindsight now i can definitely recognize her voice but i can guarantee if you had seen her if you'd seen any of these situations it would never have been this effective never it works well with how it like, interjects a little bit of scenes here and there like a little bit of a police car arriving somewhere i think it works very well in doing that and the van pulling up it works very well with it doing that but it doesn't need to do anything more than that it really doesn't need to and it just oh, it hits so hard it really nails that real tension and suspensefulness and quite horror elements too at times because all you're seeing is jake like, on the other end of a phone call you know it's scariest place to be when something bad is going down and you're just on the other end of the line 
you know, you're not there, you can't impact it. It's terrifying. So what Jake does here, insane, genuinely insane. His performance gets better and better every single time I see it. He needs a nomination. He needs to win. Like Christ on a bike. I've not seen anything as powerful as this in a very long time. From his outbursts to his comforting of a little girl on the other end of a phone call. It's real, real acting. Like genuinely amazing. And the thing is, this is what I was thinking. I've always thought this, but it suddenly made me realise it again while watching this film. During some of his outbursts. When he goes that kind of unhinged level, he plays it so well. And I'm thinking, he would be a very good Joker like if we were having another Joker reboot at some point, which of course we will. I know it's only been a couple of years since Joaquin Phoenix, but the next time we have a Joker adaptation, I honestly think Jake Gyllenhaal would be a great shout because he can play that unhinged mental type. I think he would be great. He would be an absolutely bonkers Joker. Like genuinely, that would be fun to see. It would be very different as well, like completely different to what we've seen before. So I think he could do that very well. Genuinely, I think he could. So hopefully one day that happens or I'll riot. I will say what could have been, what should have been. But yeah, he's so good in this. I love him. I love him so much. And I think the resolution that happens towards the end, I think it's perfect. I think it's a very, very well-rounded film. Like The arcs are tremendously executed. And even though there are some parts of the ending that they aren't exactly what you want to hear, like they're not exactly... The best news because ultimately he's about to go to jail but i think it speaks a very important message for the current climate of situations involving the police i think it's funny because the voiceover at the end the news report is saying that he's the fourth convicted officer to be arrested and to be sentenced for a crime like this for shooting somebody so i think yeah it's very on the nose with current state of affairs and i think it makes sense for it to be this ending because if it was any other ending I don't think it would have been justified. I don't think they could have reasoned with it. He has his redemption. He does have his redemption with saving the woman's life and saving the situation. And, you know, everything he handles is very well done. And that's his redemption arc. But there is no escaping the fact that he killed somebody. And, you know, you reap what you sow. You've got to deal with that. You know, it's all very well making amends you know, before the crime, I guess. But you need to pay for them afterwards as well. So it's a shame that that's where his character ends up. But then again, it makes sense. And I really think if it was anything else, if he had been let off scot-free, if, if he was sent back out on the streets the next day, it wouldn't have been as effective. It really wouldn't have been as effective. Maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe the sending certainly isn't the most popular. But you know, maybe it is. Maybe it actually is the most popular, seeing justice be served. That's the thing. It is justice being served. Of course, that's going to be the popular opinion. But... You know, seeing this character, seeing what he goes through throughout the course of the film, throughout the course of this one night, there's a deeper level there. There's more aspects there than previously thought of. And I think there's a very, very powerful little moment when he's speaking to Abby, the little girl on the other end of the phone, and he says, with the police, we help people. And she goes, no, you took my daddy away. You don't help people. So it's interesting that, you know, at that point I was thinking, he's going to go mental. Like He's going to put the phone down. <laughs> He's going to swear at her. He's going to shout and scream. Because you can see it in his eyes. You can see him like... He feels like he wants to. feels like he wants to, but he's resisting. He's holding himself back. Because, you know, you've just got to deal with these situations. And, you know, there is that sense of... Are the police there to protect people? Or are only some of them? You know, it's interesting. And I think regardless of what you think of the police... To be in a role like this. To be in a situation, in a job... 
where you're answering the phones at you know any time any hour of the day to be in these situations it takes guts okay it takes real courage to do what he does in this film and i know this is purely acting but it really feels realistic it feels as though he's actually doing this job it feels as though he's actually in these situations and a lot of performances a lot of films don't do this as well as they should like you see performances of cops in films like you know you've got the heightened aspects in some like bad boys and lethal weapon those types of films they hyper extend the look at what it means to be a police officer but then a film like this it shows the gritty true nature of it and yeah they're not exactly likable for the most part but they're doing their job and they need to do it in a functional and cohesive way to get it done as quick as possible so when he answers the phone and he's just saying i need your address he doesn't care who you are he doesn't care what the crime is at first he just wants the address so i think it's real it's real that's the thing it is real it's a real portrayal and it's a real sense of this is how it is this is what happens so whether you hate them, whether you like them, you know, I'm not saying anything, you know, my opinion doesn't matter on this situation, but that being said, we need people that do this sort of job, okay, it doesn't matter if it's not the police, it could be anybody. Why is somebody blasting up music in a car out in the street? Is that a joke? Literally, can you hear that? But anyway, I think regardless of whether it's police or Batman or whoever, literally the Justice League, I don't care, whoever needs to be there, they need to do this job. Where the hell is that music coming from? That is crazy. Anyway, I, I think I need to pause this. I can't do it with that music going on. Are they having a laugh? That's not, that's, okay, I'm gonna talk as quick and as loud as I can to try and drown out the music, but yeah, you need people in roles like this. You need people in situations like these on call 24 hours a day to do this job, to save people, to help people, to do whatever. It doesn't matter if it's not the police. It could be anybody, okay? Literally anybody could do it. Anybody can do it. Well, okay, I say that, but it takes real guts. It takes courage. You need to train yourself for this. You can't massively be that vulnerable. You can't show weakness. You can't do this unless you truly want to and you have that desire. And that's what these officers have. And yes, Jake has a temper. Jake has a temper in this film. A lot of police officers have a temper. A lot of them are bad. You know, there's no denying that. A lot of them are bad. Okay, it's true. I know they say it's just a few bad apples that sour the good ones, but that's all it takes. That's literally all it takes to make something seem extremely bad. So you just got to weed them out before they rot. You know, you just got to chuck them out before they give the opportunity to be a bad apple. You need just good people. You need good officers. You need good just morals. You need morals, Jesus Christ. And that's what this film has for some of it. But also it lacks it in other parts because it needs to. So there are times when he is losing his rag and he's shouting, he's screaming. And when he's saying, I know you've been to LAC, huh? You want to do more? Huh? You want to do more? <laughs> is that what you want? It's great. Like, he's literally mental. But sometimes it needs to happen, I guess. But you need to you need to back it up with reason. You need to back it up with justification for why you're being like this. Why you're being untethered and unhinged. So a lot of people, a lot of officers don't do this. But... What Jake brings to it, what he portrays in his representation of a police officer, it works. Because you know what this guy's been through, because you find this out along the way. You know what he's dealing with in this time. Like, he's on call with somebody that's being kidnapped, but he can't do anything. He wants to close the freeway, but they won't let him. Just find any car, just block the freeway, literally just do that. So I think, yeah, it's interesting. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to get into the politics of everything. 
our police good, our police bad, should we reform them, blah blah blah, I don't know, I don't care. This film, regardless, is fantastic, it's a triumph, it's a literal triumph of cinema, and the fact, here's the thing people may not know, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Antoine Fuqua, he wasn't actually directing this for, like, in person, he wasn't directing it there, because he tested positive for COVID, and during the shoot, he was in a van in another street, just speaking to them on radio, so the fact that this film had just such a small crew, but the director wasn't even there on site with them, <laughs> that's crazy. To see it edited and to see it directed so well is insane. Like Every single shot is perfect. It lingers for just the right amount of time, whether it's a shortcut, whether it's a really long take. There's a take at the end that's about three minutes just of Jake on the phone crying, just speaking to Rick on the other end. It's crazy, okay? It's that real sense of acknowledging when to cut. Okay, a lot of films don't do this, but when you've got to figure out the perfect balance of when to cut, when to hold on, and it does it so well. It does it so well. I was watching it again and again and again, and I've really realised that every single shot lasts for the exact right amount of time it needs to, to be effective. Okay, whether it's a shortcut, whether it's a long one, whatever, it's effective every single time. And the one it cuts to, the next shot that it cuts directly to, is just as powerful. It's just as good. So when the camera is focusing on Jake Gyllenhaal's eyes and then it slowly pans down to his mouth and he's just speaking really calmly and then it goes back up to his eyes and you can see him tearing up, you can see him building up rage too. It's amazing. That's acting. That is acting in the purest sense. And that is phenomenal directing as well. You know, It's all very well, Jake delivering an amazing performance, but it needs to be backed up by what's being done technically as well. And Antoine Fuqua has done such a great job with this. You know, regardless of whether you like him or hate him as a director, it's undeniable that he's created a film I think is his best yet. I do think it's his best yet. But then again, I do love Southport. I do love Training Day and Olympus Has Fallen. That's definitely not his best. The Equalizer, that's up there. That's one of his best. But especially the other film that he's worked with Jake Gyllenhaal on, Southport, it's fantastic. But this one really feels like his biggest film, his best film, but also his smallest film. So while it is his biggest and most triumphant film, it's one of the smallest films of the year. It's genuinely one of the smallest casts. It's like A Quiet Place too. There's only a few cast members in there. You know, there's just a real small group. It's just in one location for the whole thing. And yet it's amazing. It's so big by being so small. It's so good. And the music is good. It's not always there, but it's just prominent when it is there. And there's a heartbeat rhythm thing that comes in. So when it starts getting really tense, you can just hear the... Doo -doo, doo -doo, doo -doo. Amazing. I love it. God, it's good. It's so good. Can't stop watching it. I'm going to watch it again and again. I hope it gets the recognition it deserves when it comes to the award season. I think he he should. Jake should. Hopefully the editing, hopefully the directing as well. But I'm not fully sure if it will. I hope it does. I really hope so. It rightfully deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. So we'll see. We will see. But I'm not holding my breath. You know, I'm really not holding my breath for the recognition because we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen time and time again. Snubs like this happen. You know, films that deserve it can completely shut out and snubbed. So will it happen again with this? Possibly. Could do. You know what Jake's like. Jake always gets shut out and he needs to get more awards. He needs to win. God damn it. <laughs> He's so good. Jeez. Anyway, what else to talk about with this film? No, I don't actually know. I think that's me reached my limit. I don't want to give away... Well, I do want to give away too much, but 
I don't want to drain it. I don't want to drain it to its death because it is a short film and this could be a long review, so I don't want it to be literally as long as the film. You know, I'm aware that it's a much shorter film than most, so I probably will keep this short because I've talked about everything I need to. You know, there's just so many great cinematography elements and so many great shots that I've screenshot and I just think are amazing. Certain moments when you can just see the red light of the monitor and then it goes out when the call dies. It's just beautiful. You're just seeing it in the reflection of Jake's face. <sighs> amazing. I love it. I don't know how they managed to do it as well as they have. But, you know, hats off to everybody involved. And to make this during COVID as well, you can definitely tell. This is one of the few films that you can definitely tell it's shot during COVID because they're all spaced out. They're all you know, very, very limited contact. But it doesn't matter because that's what you'd expect this situation to be like anyway. You, know, you wouldn't expect everybody to be crammed right next to each other because you wouldn't hear anything. You wouldn't be able to hear your own phone call if you're just right next to somebody that's also speaking on a phone. So it works well with it being spaced out. But I do think definitely COVID has an element and you know part to play in this. But that being said, they've done an amazing job. The fact that the director wasn't there for half of it, wasn't there for all of it even. Amazing. God, I love it. I could watch so much more of this and you know, this is the type of thing I'm fascinated by. I love these types of emergency call situations where there's so much tension, there's so much suspenseful thrillerness. It's pure on the edge of your seat cinema at its finest. It's just wonderful and magnificent. And honestly, people will love it. I really hope people will love it as much as I do. You'll want to watch it again. I sure as hell do, even after I've watched it seven odd times i still want to watch it more so yeah hopefully when the time comes it gets the recognition it deserves we'll see we'll see how it deals with the wider audience when it releases on netflix on october 1st and until then i think that's be done so yeah love this film love 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 this film one of the best of the year hands down one of the best of the year you will not see another film like this you will not see another film as intense and anxiety inducing as this so yeah enjoy it the Guilty, go seek it out, go watch it, go support Jake's films, one of a kind, one of the best actors, the best actor, phenomenal. So, I've been Kieran, and I shall speak to you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.